0: What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. Your morning pitching podcast from pitcherlist.com. My name is Nick Polk. Today we're gonna talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. And we're gonna start, of course, with Zach Wheeler. Absolute stud. 192 innings last year, 361 ERA with a 108 whip, 27% striker range, just a 5% walk rate. What he does is he has an amazing pair of fastballs, the four-seamer and the sinker. The sinker it does so well jamming right-handers inside. Then, of course, you have that four-seamer that had nearly a 20% swing strike rate against righties. It does drop down, though, against lefties to around 11%. How does it do that? It does not have IVB. Surprisingly enough, it doesn't. It just has elite extension, elite VAA, 96-plus miles per hour. That's how Wheeler just bullies right-handers endlessly with his fastball and a lot of lefties as well. But the biggest question for Wheeler is what else is there? And he's really tried to figure this out over the years. It's a sweeper um, against right-handers that didn't really perform as well as you'd want it to. Just a 53% strike rate against right-handers is really low. And I actually get excited seeing that a bit because he had such a good season last year. Sure, the 3 6 one, eight, right. Fine. But he can be a lot better... If he's able to be more consistent with that sweeper and by moving into a sweeper, this slider that he had previously used, it's really being classified as a cutter. Now, there could be more work to be done on that pitch, especially to lefties and make that the proper jam pitch inside. And then there's this curve that kind of shows up and that's about it. And what's kind of cool about Wheeler is he has this amazing floor with his fastballs. I mean, really, they are just fantastic. And the secondaries don't really have to do a whole lot more to be even better than what he has been. So I I see Wheeler as a very safe play. I know his uh, he had that slight injury question mark about velocity in October of 2022 during the uh, the Phillies playoff run um, against the Astros, but uh, very consistent last year and should really be a workhorse. Considered so for the uh, the Phillies this year as well. Um, There's very few guys like him out there at the moment, and he should be considered easily inside the top five starting pitchers. I think I have him as my SP3 right now just because it's just so safe and lovely um, with Wheeler, where there's still that ceiling for more if he figures out something to really pair against lefties and righties. And really, lefties are the bigger issue because that four-seamer doesn't have that same swing strike rate um, against them. Uh, Aaron Nola is a very interesting one, and I mean, you know me, live every day like it's NOLA day, all that fun stuff. Yes, yes, yes. But Aaron NOLA has some warts, and it, it frustrates me. I took a long time really trying to study what is going on with NOLA. And there's a couple things. One, we had the curveball just perform worse against right-handers last year. Low 30% CSW against him is really shocking because he has been the poster boy for CSW curveballs that are thrown frequently. Not just your cold strike. Show me curveballs. We're talking like best pitch in my arsenal curveball with a 35 to 40% CSW in previous years and just 30% is too pedestrian for Nola's curveball against right-handers. But he is getting it down. It just means that he's getting too many of them over the plate and in bad situations where guys are just jumping on that. could also be something of just being ready for that curveball more. Maybe there was better game prep against him, something like that, that made it so that that pitch wasn't as as good. I can't. That's just complete conjecture. I'm not going to say that again, but I don't think that he's a 30% CSW guy with his curveball against righty. So that's a positive. Uh, the home run per nine at 149 uh, is very high, the career high for him. And Aaron Nola actually has a simple solution to me. The biggest problem that I saw was his fastballs. And yeah, the changeup has not been that good for really two years now. And it would be really nice if that changeup was more effective. But it's, yeah, I'm not really expecting it to. It's really about the fastballs. And if you know Aaron Nola, he's about called strikes. It's why CSW exists in many ways. Because Aaron Nola was always successful and he didn't get the same amount of whiffs. And he got all of these the uh, same number, or sorry, a higher number of called strikes than others, and I said, "Well, right, you got to combine these clearly." Um, so Aaron Nola could not, well, doesn't need to do that. Is my point? He do- goes backdoor with a sinker a ton to to right-handers and goes inside to them, and he actually increased that rate to about forty percent inside location, as opposed to like seventeen percent in previous years. And he did that because he had to throw more sinkers against right-handers. Because Aaron Nola was getting destroyed by his four-seamer. This is insane to me. He went from about a 30s, mid-30s in 2021 to 40% ICR in 2022 on that four-seamer to 53%. Oh my gosh. In 2023. You can't do that. So he did throw fewer of them, not like down to 5% or something. He still threw above 20% four-seamers to right-handers. And Aaron Nola, you got to not do that. Or... Throw better ones. And how does he throw better ones? Well, Nola is still using his horizontal movement of that force. It is exceptional horizontal movement. He's a slinger. He has that lower arm angle, and that allows him to get more of that horizontal bend and less of the IVB. So you're saying, yeah, Nick, he can elevate it, right? Wrong. He could. Why? Because he has a really good VAA, and he has really good extension. That's the two of the three things that we really like about wheelers. He doesn't come at the same velocity. 96 for wheeler, and more like 92. Um, at Peak times, it's like 94. But really, it's like 92. Let's just say that for Nola. But I still think that he can do it, and he doesn't. He really does not elevate this four seamer at all. So if you're you have a pitch like this that does not have IVB, and you're not beating them on your angle to the plate, you're making it flatter for the middle. There you go. They're going to do more damage against it. And believe it or not, Nola needs to up that angle on the uh, the four seamer. That is where it is in the zone. To really take advantage of the two skills sets he had of extension and VAA on that pitch, I wonder if we'll see that. I I don't know if he will. And I love the fact that the sinker still doing damage inside and away as called strikes. It's doing a great job. If if anything, I would say lean more into those sinkers, and then focus more on the four seamer as an attack pitch up to counteract the curveball down. Get your strikes with that, and also there is a cutter as well. I want to mention that wasn't as effective as we wanted it to be as he did save it for a decent amount of two strike counts and i i can see the whole thing working here of sinkers inside sometimes backdoor sure curveballs in the zone and out of the zone underneath it cutters going away more and then that four seamer upstairs like that could work and i understand that not everybody is good at fastballs upstairs the ivb isn't good look at zach efflin who has plenty worse extension and vaa and actually i think the same ivb if not worse and gets whiffs upstairs because he uses it wisely. And he has more options, sure. But honestly, it's a pretty similar amount. So I really think that Nola could do better there. And against lefties, believe it or not, that curveball is far more effective. He, has an, oh, he had an over 50% O-swing on that curveball against lefties They he righties. Which is a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, generally, anything that goes away from a guy, and yes, the knuckle curve does go away from righties, generally uh, is better than going in to a batter. But he's just really good at getting that pitch underneath the zone uh, to lefties. And uh, they fish for it every time. So Aaron Nola, to me, I see that 4-6 four, four, ERA, 115 whip. He's being drafted right now as if he's you know, obviously going to fix that. I think the more interesting one is the 25% strikeout rate, 25-26. That used to be around 30%. And that meant he, I think he barely missed the 200 strikeout mark. 193 innings, about 195 or something like that off the top of my head, maybe he just got it, and he used to be you know 220, something along those lines, so for being someone that is such a rock as far as innings come, and wins are going to be there, the whip even in that down year, as I give air quotes that you can't see, was 115, I think the hit 9 of 8.3 gets a little bit better, I think the walk rate should be around the same, and I think the striker rate should be a little bit better, and I think the home runs should come down, so I'm a fan of this. It is banking a little too much on that adapt- adaptation of the four seamer. And I still think the changeup isn't going to be there. He hasn't had it for a while um, the way that we want him to. So there are tweaks to be made, but there is a possibility that Noah, yeah, he gets hit hard still a little bit more than we want. And uh, that's a little bit worrisome. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Uh, we have others to talk about. We have Tyler Walker, we have Sanchez, we have uh, Suarez. And whatever the Phils have as their number six, we're going to talk about all of that after this break. Tywin Walker actually had a better ERA than Aaron Null last year at a 438, but the whip was so bad. 1.31. The strike rate was just 19%, near 10% walk rate. What are we going to do? Well, I don't know, man. I don't want to go after Tywin Walker. I look at his repertoire and I just don't see anything for me to say, look, oh yes, that is the thing I want to go for. Um, left-handers destroy his sinker, like, absolutely, so 70% ICR, it wasn't a very high sample, but yeah, they, uh, they really took advantage of it, uh, his splitter, was supposed to be really good as nullifier, low swing strike rates on both sides of the plate, actually, I think it was a 12% mark to lefties, if I remember correctly, I mean, it's, it's not the pitch we want it to be, low strike rates on it, you saw the 10% walk rate, because he doesn't really have definitive pitches he can trust, sometimes it's that cutter, and a slider as well, but... These are just not the offerings that you want to see. Uh, There are days that he can uh, nail locations with his four-seamer and sinker appropriately. has the splitter working. Uh, It's a streaming thing. Like, he'll have maybe pockets of the year where Time Walker is working. He also decreased his velocity as it went on, too. It's just a big mess, I think, with on Walker. And without any sort of direct electricity inside the arsenal, I'm just out. I feel like you got to be able to find something else here. Um, I can understand those in 15 teamers wanting to go for it, but considering that he can get 15 wins as he did last year in 2023. But man, I just feel he's kind of lost at the moment. And he doesn't really have the, the pitch to lean on that we can all say, yes. Okay, cool. You figure something out and we like it now. Uh, Christopher Sanchez, I think is getting vastly underrated. I was, As I was doing my, uh, my research on uh, Christopher Sanchez and watching him and Really, just understanding his three pitch mix. I, I was curious to see where he was going in drafts. people are really believing this, because he threw 99 innings of a 344 ERA and a 105 whip, 24% K rate and a 4% walk rate. And I I was saying last year that this is like Ranger Suarez 2.0. Um, he's going to get overdrafted. People are going to think that this is who he is now and everything is, uh, he's just kind of in a good groove. Well, I like him more than Ranger Suarez, at least more than I did Ranger Suarez back then. And there are a couple of reasons why. One, his changeup is legit. I mean, this is a really, really lovely changeup. 23% swing strike rate is good. Um, it's It debilitates both guys. Like right-handers, 40% usage changeups. 21% swing strike rate. That is so good. He still does really well against them with lefties. And against lefties, the sinker is incredible inside. He has so much horizontal movement, good amount of drop. Um, he still actually goes... I take that back. It's not really inside. I'm thinking of Suarez. Uh, with Sanchez, he goes away with it. And it had a sub-20% ICR rate. I don't know if I believe that. I think the drop and the the comeback over the plate is really startling. And that might be why I, you know he was as successful as he was. There should be a swing of the pendulum the other way, though, as the, the sub-20% ICR just does not stick over a larger sample. Nevertheless, the slider is still good. Um, it's not the... Amazing one that we normally see lefty on lefty, but with the changeup and slider and sinker, like I'm not worried about Christopher Sanchez against lefties at all next year. And with that changeup against righties and a slider that is okay against them. Um sometimes he's able to throw for del- enough strikes, sometimes he's able to back foot it, but it's kind of inconsistent. The biggest question is: what are we going to do about fastballs and getting strikes to set up that changeup? So Sanchez had like, a, I want to say a 28% called strike rate on a sinker, somewhere between 25 and 30%, which is incredible. But it had a 50% ICR, this pitch is hittable and it's not shocking. You don't throw sinker stops at handed batters. So That's just the rule. And generally you want to throw like a four seamer or something like that, or um, you have that changeup. Great having a slider to match with it, a cutter, something else than a sinker. However, the fact that he had a plus eight hit luck. Is telling me, well, Sanchez just saw the floor of his sinker against right handers and he had this amazing season. Now, maybe he got too much from his changeup, you know, 40% usage, 21% swing strike rate. That is absurd. Uh, and against right handers to have that weapon is absolutely brutal. It's like a just think of it like a slider um, from right handed slider, how good that pitch is, right? So he just needs to get those called strikes still and everything is gravy. But maybe that changeup gets worse and the uh, the sinker earns fewer called strikes and oh boy, Sanchez is in trouble. I can understand how this works though, you know, and I, I don't know. I feel like I saw him at 253 in the NFBC ADP and I think to myself, wait, hold on a second. This is one of the most efficient batters in uh, the, the, sorry, batters, pitchers in the majors. Um, actually, Kyle Bland and I have been working on an efficiency stat to see... um how uh, how effectively batter, uh, pitchers get through games, and Christopher Sanchez is I think pitches per out or something along those lines, or maybe it was something else that we were using for efficiency. I think it was actually lack of mistake rate, and uh, and being able to like consistently through bats. How many bats did they lose, and how uh, deep do they go into it? It's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, Christopher Sanchez is like top ten in efficiency. And it doesn't surprise me because it is sinkers that earn called strikes, and they demand things of you, and the f- changeup is really effective too. So I dig this. I mean, 15-teamers should be going after Sanchez as, yeah, he should be a six-inning guy. Sure, 99 innings total of relief and starting last year, but who else is going to take his place? And as a guy who's going to have a really good pitch count a ton entering the sixth inning, yeah, he's going to be trusted for the sixth inning a lot. More so than Ranger Suarez, I think. I'm in. I'm I'm very much in on on Christopher Sanchez. I'd be fine in 12-teamers at the end of my draft. So... 250 is oof that there's a sleeper for you right now. Um I, I'm very much in on Christopher Sanchez there because this changeup is phenomenal. And with all of that horizontal movement, he is getting that ICR rate you want to see against uh against lefties, and you're getting, I think, more called strikes because that changeup mirrors the sinker so well and it throws it so often, it's hard to pull the tr- pull the trigger on that down and away. So that does work. And if you have that cutter, if you you add anything to this, if you make the slider better, um, man, Sanchez could really take off in this way. Um, He can't become like a 30% strikeout guy just because it's only the changeup that's going to get whiffs. I want to note that. But you could consider this like a discount Logan Webb just from the left side because it's a really good changeup that he's going to be throwing a ton. And it's a sinker that he's going to get called strikes with. Like that's kind of what Christopher Sanchez is, oh man, this is actually one of the best comps I've given. And guess what? It's better to be a lefty than a righty for this because you get more right-handed batters. You get more opposite-handed batters that help out with your changeup. But then again, maybe not because the sinker, you want to be able to jam inside more to righties. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Your weakest asset you get uh, more exposure to. But anyway, think of it as Logan Webb on the Phillies a little bit. And there you go. That's the ceiling of uh, Christopher Sanchez. And one more, of course, here is Ranger Suarez, who is kind of like Sanchez, just doesn't have the change up, right? I mean, it's he does a really good job of getting inside to lefties. Uh, Sanchez stays uh, glove side against, uh, he just says away with both his... Um... Actually, I take that back. He goes inside to right-handers. With his sinker, he tries to go front door with the um, with the sinker, which is interesting because you would think it would go away. It doesn't. And I think that's part of the problem is that it's going too much in the middle of the plate there. So there, I think there might actually be an adjustment. there. I forgot to mention that one. Um, I keep getting Sanchez and uh, Suarez uh, mixed up a little bit in my head. Um, but Suarez uh, inside sinkers to lefties kills it absolutely just cruises through that no issues whatsoever you don't i think it was like 70 percent singers inside or left handers they couldn't do much with it cool awesome problem is against right handers you can't really do that same thing right and there just isn't a good solution for them uh sometimes it's the change up and cutter really living uh down and arm side so down and away from right-handers. And that's when he gets into those patented grooves. Where he's able to really just dot the edges of the stuff. Go inside with the cutter too. And four seamers inside. Not really giving in at all. And just being a massive nibbler. However, the strike rates overall were really low last year. Uh Curveball, changeup, and cutter. Well, really, curveball and changeup were all underneath 60%. Which is a big issue. Um, considering how much he needs those. And the big whiff pitches. The curveball. Sometimes he's able to get that down enough. Uh, but... It's just none of it is excelling in my view. Like you don't have Sanchez's changeup in this anymore. So I'm not in on Suarez for this reason. I think he's someone you monitor on the waiver wire. And when he gets an opportunity and gets into a groove with good matchups, then okay, cool. We can jump back in on the Suarez train. So my on the fringe section had nobody. And I even texted Ellen Adair. I was like, Ellen, who is the number six and number seven? And she said, well, this is what Dombrowski does. He says, like, we don't need that. We have five starters. We're good. And they'll figure it out. And yeah, okay. So <laughs> is that like Matt Strom and Nick Nelson in the beginning? And we might see some random prospects get the call. It's really until Mick Abel shows up. Um, and hopefully they can stall enough. I mean, look, you have Nola and Wheeler at the top who have been such workhorses. You hope that Sanchez and uh and Suarez and Walker can do the rest, I guess, you know? That's kind of where they're at. Uh, Andrew Painter won't be back the entire year. So just kind of throw him off any sort of redraft list. Don't even stash nothing. He got Tommy John in July of 2023. Okay. So don't even consider that one. And there's really two guys um, in the minors to consider for the fills. Uh, there's Griff McGarry, who in 2022 uh, was showcased like 96, 97, a really nice slider curve, but all throughout his career, command has always been the question mark like okay does he just have good enough stuff that he can get by without that kind of command and in 2023 not only did he have lower velocity but he also just didn't have that command and it it was really rough by the end of the year so if we do see him this year griff mcgarry is going to have to be either throwing harder again or finding that command and honestly both of those just kind of seem unrealistic to me and that means when he gets the call, you're probably going to see someone who's volatile and at best is a cherry bomb, but really going to be like one game everyone goes, oh no, is this great? And then he's not going to be good. And I would not really um, go after Griff McCary. Uh Now, Mick Abel, though, is going to be someone that you're going to likely pick up. Um, do I see someone who is going to be elite? Probably not. He has some command issues as well. Mick Abel does, uh, but it's a really, really nice slider. I mean, you could say it's a cutter. I remember watching this in spring training last year. I actually used a uh, clip of one of his innings against Detroit um, inside the article. Uh, But Mick Abel's slider is cool. I mean, that is a legit pitch that he can throw 40% of the time, and that's just going to be great. Um, It's more than your pedestrian one. Like, you can throw for strikes and all that kind of stuff. And then it's a fastball around, like, 93, 94. In spring, I remember seeing, like, 96, 97, something along those lines. And I think that was just adrenaline. But the way I see it with McAble is, are you going to throw enough strikes? Is this four-seamer a whiff pitch that we can really rely on? I hope so. And is there more in that curveball cutter, uh, really change-up, actually, I should say, um, that is going to allow him to be more of a Toby type? I don't know. I feel like when he gets the call, you're going to pick him up. You don't really need to run to the waiver wire from I don't really consider him as that... Oh my gosh, he has arrived, kind of guy. But hey, maybe in in uh, AAA this year, McAbel figures out how to get more stability with that fastball, get behind it more, and throw more strikes with it. And if that's the case, then the fastball slider combination I think would be really good. Um, so he's interesting, and I'm gonna I, I'm expecting McAbel by like middle of May, because honestly, the Phillies just have nothing else to rely on. Maybe we'll see some randos from from the prospect land and they'll show up and do whatever but it's Mick abel he's gonna be there at some point and uh yeah be ready for that one i think in your 15 teamers considering situation playing for the Phils it's good i think the defense is better now right so uh you don't have schwarber in the outfield that means that Mick abel should be a better uh at least have more support than um than what you normally think of with the phillies and that's a good situation to be in all right, that is it for today for the Philadelphia Phillies. Thanks so much for supporting. Of course, if you haven't considered or don't know about PL Lifetime, go check it out at slash lifetime uh, It's a one-time subscription uh, for PL Pro or PL Plus, and then you have it for free forever after one-time payment. So it's a really free, but you understand what I mean. I uh, as long as we, you know, we're going to continue adding things to the site, it's our way to um, get the capital so that we can develop the things that you want. And I'll say that, Hey, yes, Nick, I'm in on this. And great. We are going to give you more and more stuff and you're here forever and you're going to get all the be- benefits of that. So thank you all so much for everyone who has benefited it so far. I, I'm not reading off of a copy or something like that. I'm giving like the worst pitch ever, but uh, <laughs> I know I'm pitcherless. Um, but, but yeah, really thank you so much to everyone that has supported us thus far. Uh, I've actually already started moving on, uh, faster on some of our plans because of the support we've gotten thus far and uh it's been kind of incredible and i really really hope that uh, i can showcase more of this stuff sooner than expected uh, if you're curious of what we are working on go check out that article on the site uh, we have this really great article about uh the um because i wrote it now just a really really good article that outlines everything for this year next year and actually 2026 that we hope to do so go check that out um uh, but that is it so my name is Nick Pollock and me, your bad below and your strikeouts high.